ever lifted a bus? Is it possible for nothing to be art? What's the opposite of deja vu? And what makes these ants' brainworms tick? Get the answers to these questions and more on this episode of Knickknack News, a news podcast featuring exciting tech breakthroughs, scientific discoveries, and fun, uplifting news stories without the political drama. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is local hero news. This is from APNews.com, and the headline is, A Berlin bus gets lifted with the help of 40 people to free a young man pinned by a rear wheel. Whoa. Yeah. A bunch of people lifted a bus. Picked up a bus. Like. That's adrenaline kicking in. bus. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I know it was 40 people, but still those things are heavy. Yeah, those it's a very four- heavy. It's, <laughs> I would funny. know. I've tried to lift one. <laughs> You've tried to lift a bus. I've tried. I, you know what? You I couldn't do I it. Didn't get any, I didn't get yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I hurt myself I more than the bus. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Um, so a young man trapped under a bus in Berlin survived with minor injuries after 40 people joined forces to lift the vehicle off of him in what police describe as a heroic rescue effort. Because I think these were like 40 random people. Like they weren't even all just people from the bus itself. It was just like. Just like a bunch of people. People on like, the street. There's that, a bus on that guy. Let's go yeah. get it off. So I was. Re- so like I thought maybe like the bus like tipped over or something happened but it wasn't even that like this guy was just like well he's 18 years old and he was i guess running to catch the bus like it was pulling away from a stop and he was trying to catch the bus and somehow ended up like under a wheel of the bus like i don't know exactly what occurred with that or how that could have happened but like I don't know. He was running after it. He tripped and fell and ended up like underneath the back wheel somehow. That's so Um, scary. Yeah. So the bus driver like stopped the bus, but he was like under the, I don't know. He was like under the wheel. He was like, couldn't get out or, you know, and so everyone, people got out and there were people on the street and stuff and they just like lifted it up like right away and just got him out. Like, they lifted a bus. Lifted a bus. <laughs> that's hard to do. That's a, that's some um, Hooper Zero. Hooper Zero. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's great. That's some superhero stuff. Yeah, it's like reminds me of like Spider Man, Superman, or something. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he only had some scrapes and bruises and an arm injury apparently, and he was taken to a hospital. But the news doesn't have any further information about his condition. Just that he's like he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. And the police are still investigating like how exactly this happened, like how he ended up under. <laughs> The, right. bu- the bus wheel, but um, but yeah, but it was he's he's fine. So that's good. Yeah. Okay, and it was just a nice example of like people in the community just helping out in a situation, which I thought was just heartening. What's the, the opposite, <laughs> of dis- opposite of disheartening? What's the happen- opposite of disheartening? Is it heartening? Heartwarming. <laughs> heartwarming. I think. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think that, I think that's the word I was looking for. That's the word I was heartening. Looking for, not heartening. Yeah. We invented a couple words during this segment. And <laughs> yeah. That's just what happens sometimes. My first story this week is art news. This is from CNN. And the headline is, Danish artist who submitted blank canvases as, quote, art, ordered to repay museum. Wait, so... <laughs> so it... Was not accepted as art? Yes, it was not considered okay. art, <laughs> okay. at least by the by a court of law. Okay. Um, so 
Jens Hanning was supposed to create works of art with the 530,000 Danish krone, um, or krone, I'm not sure how you actually pronounce the Danish currency, which mm. is about $76,000 that was lent to him by a museum, but instead he took the money and ran in the name of art, um, according to him. So after almost two years of litigation, a Copenhagen court uh, ruled on Monday that the artist must return nearly all of the cash. Um, and the backstory on this thing is, in 2021, the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Aalborg, uh, which is in Denmark's Jutland re- region, I'm probably mispronouncing all of these, which is... I'm, <laughs> sorry to I'm anyone. Sorry to my... Danish. Uh, my ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but this museum loaned Hanning this money to create updated versions of two earlier works, um, which are frames that were filled with banknotes depicting the average annual salaries of an Austrian and a Dane for an exhibition on the uh, future of labor. So they gave him a bunch of money to reproduce or basically make updated versions of these two older works of art. And I don't even know okay. if I would call them works of art because it's just like a bunch of banknotes in a frame. Oh. So just like, this is how much the average. Austrian makes in mm. a year or something. Okay. Um, so he, they just gave him money to make an updated version of that. Okay. So instead of doing that, <laughs> he sent the museum two empty frames t- entitled Take the Money and Run, uh, saying that he had created new, better pieces to fit the exhibition's theme. <laughs> so he literally just like took their money, sent them back, sent some them back empty, blank. empty canvases, and was like, this is an art piece. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so the art, they, they said the conceptual artist is like, okay, that's giving him a little bit too much credit, I think, here. Um, but the artist said the piece was a commentary on low wages and that his breach of contract was part of the work. Yeah. Um, oh, and here's a quote from him. He told CNN at the time. Uh, I saw from my artistic point of view that I could create a much better piece for them than what they could imagine. I don't see it, I, or I don't see that I have stolen money. I have created an art piece, which is maybe 10 or 100 times better than what we had planned. What is the problem? It's like, okay, a little full of yourself, I think. Yeah, not, like this guy's I'm just not like, rooting this is, for him. This, this is 100 scenario. times better than what was there before. It's like, like it's blank canvases. Okay. Like, like, on one hand, like, okay, I get, okay, it's a funny, I get the it's commentary. It's kind of a funny commentary. Like, I, mm. I mean, fu- funny is the wrong word. Like, it's a, it's witty in a way, like, I guess. Right. There's, I get that, but, like, this wasn't the situation There's a cleverness to, to it, but, yeah, it's like. But that's not, not what like they, they asked. It's not like they commissioned, like, like, a painting or something. They were like, this is an assignment. <laughs> like, yeah, we're giving like, you this money to do the specific thing they, with he it. He was asked to do a specific thing and didn't do that thing. Like, that's the right. way I'm looking at it. Like, yeah. that's. So it's not like they were like, here's some money, make some art. It was like, here's some money, do this. Yeah. And then <laughs> Which, he didn't do what he was asked to do. Exactly. So it doesn't matter if you think that that's art. Like yeah. you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So right. no. Which, well, <laughs> uh, luckily for us, the court agrees with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, though they did say, despite its protestations, the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art exhibited this, em- the empty canvases alongside a printout of an email in which he explained his actions. Um, so they did display it as art for a, for a, a, a little while at least, um, and they pointed out these are kind of similar to like the uh, some other controversial works of art that have questioned the value of art itself, um, like Maurizio like the- Catalan's 
uh, taping a banana is to it the a banana? wall. I was about to be yep. like, you mean like the banana? Which is why I wanted to mention this. Like, <laughs> this is like they mentioned that, and they also mentioned Banksy shredding a painting at auction, which I think we talked about both of those. We things. have talked about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and they also mentioned someone named uh, uh, Eve Klein, who in 1958 exhibited an empty room to thousands of people as an art, like an art piece, just an empty room. <sighs> I, it's not art. It's my, just like my standard is always is if I could do this, it's not art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I, I mean, could take the banana to a wall, not art. That's my thing too. What I have come to my, I think my view has evolved a little bit though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that it can be. I think that something can be art, but not be valued by very many people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, that makes sense. Like, it's not that it's not art, but I'm allowed to not like it. Right. And I think a lot of other people also wouldn't appreciate it either. Because yeah. the point, in my opinion, the point of art is that people look at it and are like... I like this. I like this. I, I like looking at or this. Or I, I like experiencing things. Or I appreciate, I appreciate what they're trying to say or something. Yeah, I appreciate like, what they did. I see a banana tape to a wall, I'm like... No, what is that? That's, yeah, like that's I, an old banana. <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't instill any feelings of like wow that really made me think about life. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it just doesn't. It's like I could have done that. I could like, have done I that in my own home. Bit. Now is my home a museum? Yeah. No. Like. Yeah. I, I. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. I don't know. So no. it's like yes. In this case, this guy was making a commentary on wages. Okay, I get that. But like, it's blank canvases, so you didn't actually. Right. You didn't demonstrate you didn't, any technical skill. You didn't demonstrate any type of, yeah, like actual technical artistic skill to do this. You just made a commentary on wages, which anyone can do. Right. Like, I could have sent the museum a couple of empty canvases and said, like, it's a commentary. <laughs> They're like, who are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did you right. get this address? Um, um, and the same thing with the empty room, too. Like, well, I don't know the context of that. That was supposed to be a commentary on something. But, like, yeah, they still, like, it's it anyone, okay. I don't think that that, like, people are going to go see that and they're like, wow, this really changed my thinking about something. Like, it's it's an empty room. Yeah. Right? Like, it's about, art is supposed to, it's supposed to, like, elicit some type of emotion or thought process in you when you're looking at it. That's my, that's my Mm -hmm. opinion anyway. I don't know. But I'm thinking too deeply about this. (laughs) Yeah. Blank canvases don't. You're thinking, yeah, you're thinking more deeply about it than I think the artist actually did. Yeah, I know, um, I think I am. <laughs> yeah. But, and the end of the story is that regardless of the piece's intent, the Copenhagen city court ruled against him, saying yeah. he was obliged to return the loan money minus 40,000 kron for uh, artists and display fees, I think because they did actually display they, his they, stuff. They displayed it. Yeah. I guess that's fair if they displayed it. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, anyway. wow. Wow. Another, that's fun. Yeah. Another... <laughs> Another what is art conversation. Another what is art conversation. <laughs> on Knickknack News. Philosophy Corner. Yeah, Philosophy Corner. Okay, my next story is science news. This is from sciencealert.com. And the headline is, The opposite of deja vu exists, and it's even more uncanny. Vuja day. Vuja day. That's actually not what it's called, but I wish it was called that. <laughs> Why is it not called Vuja day? It's right there. Um, 
Okay, so according to this article, repetition has a strange relationship with the mind. Uh, so most people are probably familiar with deja vu, which is the feeling that you've seen or experienced something before, but that thing is actually like not like you should like you logically know that you probably have not seen or experienced that thing before, but you're you feel like you have, and it's mm-hmm. just very like it's uncanny. Yeah, experience. I experience it very often. Yeah, I wouldn't wait very often. I I would say I I'd say often enough that it's noticeable. Interesting. <laughs> like, I definitely get deja vu, but I wouldn't say it's like very often. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like from I, time to time. Yeah. Maybe it's not that often. I don't know. I'd have to <laughs> this think makes about me it. feel like it's happening to you like every week. Now I want to know, like, what? Wow. Like, wait a second. I've had this conversation before about deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Deja vu. It's happening right now. It's happening. <laughs> um, so, this, what they're calling the opposite of deja vu, it's called jamais vu. Yeah. Not as good as Vujade. It's not as good as Vujade. Should I just call it Vujade? <laughs> uh, I might. Yeah, jamais vu. So it's when something that you know to be familiar feels unreal or novel in some way. Like it feels oh, like, you okay. d- like, it's like it's not. It's like you know you've been somewhere before, but it doesn't feel like you have. Yes. Or something like that. And the the example in this article that I think you will know about and that has happened to me too is like when you – like with words, like if you say a word too many times in a row, all of a sudden it's like this sounds weird or it sounds made up or it doesn't sound oh, like a real world. Like that. that is part of that definition. That's what that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely experienced that. I experienced that like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like pretty common. I saw the word um, version too many times and then I was like, this doesn't look like a word anymore. Yeah. It's like vers- <laughs> yeah. Versailles. Ver- Versailles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so weird when that happens, but that, that's that phenomenon is basically what they were studying here and they were. They were looking at like they're linking it to deja vu because they both have to do with like repetition and mm-hmm. like how the mind deals with repetition in different ways, just like kind of like the opposite, which I thought was interesting. So this research actually won an Ig Nobel Prize this year <laughs> for literature. Do you know what that I've is? I've heard I've heard of that before. So if you if you're listening and you don't know what that is, it's it's um a prize that celebrates the most trivial and ridiculous <laughs> things our best and brightest have studied. <laughs> Which I think is amazing. It's very good. <laughs> but yeah, so it it won an it won an Ig Nobel Prize for like good research into like something that doesn't a ultimately really matter. weird topic. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so they were looking at the mechanism behind this phenomenon or just like studying it. Um, so, um, this article did, um, had some background on like this can come in different forms. So there's the word thing that I, uh, mentioned already. Uh, they also mentioned musicians can have this where they like lose their way in a very familiar mu- like piece of music that they played a lot of times. And I can actually mm. say that's happened to me too. As, yeah. I as think a it's pianist. actually happened to me too when I was, when you when were I, when I used band? to play yeah. In okay, like so you know that feel where it's like yeah. you've memorized something and you just know it, but then mm-hmm. and then you suddenly might, you're just like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird because you like it almost it like becomes muscle memory and it becomes so like ingrained that you're just like totally comfortable. But then you stop like thinking about, it. and then if you think too hard about it, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you don't know something what to do anymore. Something just like throws you off, and you're just like, oh wait, now I don't know any of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's no, that's definitely happened to me for. Okay, some. so you get that too. So they yeah. had that as an as an example, um, but they also had an example. Apparently, people have had this happen where they're like in a familiar place and it like they get like either disoriented or they're seeing it with like they describe seeing it with like new eyes like it looks different to them for some reason even though they've been there a lot of times hmm. i don't think that's ever happened to me yeah um 
but that was another example that apparently happens to people sometimes. I definitely so. had like the deja vu version of that where I'm like sure. in a place that's like I feel like I've been here before, but not but never like the opposite. Not the opposite, no. Like you go to work one day and all of a sudden it like, like, looks it looks weird. Like it looks different to your brain. Like it's like am I? Yeah. I, I know I come here every day, but something's different. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, never I, happened to me. I don't think I've had that. I th- I'm trying to think if I've had that happen like while driving too, or just like suddenly I'm, I'm like going somewhere I've been a million times and I just like forget how to get there. Okay, I think that would count. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not good with directions. Because so. one of the exa- they <laughs> were like talking about different examples, and one of them was what somebody was driving. It was like while they were driving, they mm-hmm. like all of a sudden they were like, "Wait, where do I go for this again?" Like, I think that's happened to me though, where I've been like driving like somewhere on a highway, and just like I probably like missed my exit without realizing, it. and I'm just like, "Oh, oh no, I don't know where I am anymore." Like, <laughs> yeah, like you, something throws you off of the routine, and then all of a sudden you're just like, "Wait, no, yeah. I don't, I don't know." Now I'm completely <laughs> lost. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um so this research team decided to induce Vujade in an experiment <laughs> by asking people to repeat a word over and over because they predicted that they would, you know, eventually find the thing meaningless or confusing. So they did um in the first experiment, they had 94 undergraduate students and they have they had them spend time repeatedly writing the same word over and over again. They did it with 12 different words, which ranged from commonplace words such as door to less common words such as sward, which I don't even know what that word is, and I didn't look it up. Sward? Like S-W-A-R-D, like sword except with an A. Do you know what that is? No, I'm just like... (laughs) I don't know what that is either. Sward? Okay. Is that even a word? (laughs) I should have looked it up before this. I did it. (laughs) I don't know. If you're listening, you know what SWARD is. Let us know. I'm look um, it up right now. <laughs> you're going to look it up right now? It's an expanse of short grass. Oh. So I guess like a lawn. Okay. Or in farming, it's the upper layer of soil, especially when covered with grass. Huh. SWARD. All right. I learned a new word today. Yeah, SWARD. Okay. So this experiment had a range of the how common the words were that they used mm-hmm. um and they didn't really like comment on like if there was a difference in the effect with these but in general um well okay well let me finish explaining how they did these so they were asked the participant were, were asked to copy out the word as quickly as possible like over and over again but they were also told they were allowed to stop like whenever they wanted and they were given some reasons why they might stop, including feeling peculiar or just being bored or their hand hurt and they just wanted to stop. So they were told, like, you can stop, but just before you stop, do the, the keep doing this as long as you want, mm-hmm. I guess, or as long as you can. Um, so then they recorded, like, why people stopped and what the reasons were and what people said about it. And um, they found about 70% of the participants stopped at least once during the process with feeling something that they were, they defined as this jamais vu effect. Um, and they found that it usually occurred after about one minute or 33 repetitions of the word. Huh. Okay. So yeah. that, that was like the trend. It's like one minute of repeating something caused, caused that effect to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and people describe their experiences as ranging from, they lose their meaning. The more you look at them to, I seem to lose control of my hand, which I'm like, wait, what is that? Oh, well, it's like you're dealing with possession, so. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a different That issue. doesn't count. <laughs> um, this, this quote, they liked, um, it doesn't seem right. Almost looks like it's not really a word, but someone's tricked me into thinking it is. Yeah. Which I'm like, that that's is it, it right there. Like. Yep. That's it right mm-hmm. there. 
This um, happens all the time writing code because there's so much oh, repetition really? in code because it like yeah, there's a lot of like words that you use repeatedly and it just like you end up being like that's not a word anymore. I Okay, that makes yeah. sense. I hadn't thought that I hadn't like that hadn't occurred to me before that that would happen, but yeah, yeah it totally makes sense. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you're writing over and over. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Um, so their conclusion was that um like when this happens, like the the repetition signals your brain basically that something has become too automatic, too repetitive, and your brain wants you to like snap out of it so that you like it's like a reality check, so, like it's making you like hmm. actually think about what you're Just doing like, yeah, so stuff it's doesn't like get start too paying attention to your surroundings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what they think causes it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like a reaction to keep your cognitive systems like flexible and whatnot, hmm. um, and making sure that you direct your attention like. Yeah, like be focused on your surroundings and directing your attention where it's needed rather than getting lost in like repetitive tasks for too long and just getting lost in the repetition. That makes sense. That's their their theory of why it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I'm just the driving would be a good example of it. Just like if you lose like senses, like, oh, you should probably like snap back to focusing on what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I huh. thought this was fun because I've never heard of somebody studying that effect like in a formal research capacity so <laughs> yeah. i thought it was cool and they won an award for it so well congratulations to them and a merry vuja day to all of you <laughs> <laughs> my next story is zombie news this is from gizmodo and the headline is, scientists have found the, quote, zombie switch for a brain-controlling ant parasite. This sounds spooky. And before you get into it, I just want to remind you that it's almost October. And October <laughs> means spooky season. Yeah. And spooky season means we get to do a Halloween episode. This is true. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'm getting excited for that right now. Yeah. Anyway, please tell me about this because I want to <laughs> know what this is. So it's I, I feel like it's honestly less spooky and more just weird once you okay. actually get into it. But um, so there's this type of parasitic worm. Um, it's a type of flatworm known as the lancet liver fluke, which is a very that complicated like a, name for a this made thing. Up name. Yeah, it it really does. Now that you say <laughs> it, I'm looking at it. It's like that, that seems fake. Um, But recent research has found that this type of worm can not only compel ants to climb up blades of grass, but also to climb back down when the weather gets too hot, Um, which is all part of their devious strategy to get eaten by larger animals in order to continue their complex life cycle. So we're going to get into it with these worms. These worms are weird. They they have a weird life. Um, They primarily live out their lives as adults inside of cows. Or oh. uh, or other grazing ruminants. That's, I guess, where the liver part of their name comes from. I think they can end up in the liver. Oh. Um, but they take a long journey to get there. Um, so basically, these adult worms lay eggs inside of the cow. The cow excretes those eggs into the grass. And then those eggs get eaten by snails. I don't know why specifically snails um, or what happens if they don't happen to get eaten by a snail. I guess you just make enough eggs that eventually a snail will eat one. Okay. But... They eat the snail eats the egg. The worms reach their next larval stage inside the snail and then reproduce asexually into thousands more worms while inside the snail. The snails respond to the infestation by forming hard cysts around the worms, which are then coughed out as balls of mucus. This is so complicated. It's so complicated. 
What? So then those slime balls are eaten by ants um, along with the worm larva inside them. And once they're inside of an ant, they enter their next stage of life. Most of them uh, go to the ant's stomach, um, like still inside of these slime balls, basically. Um, but one of them will make its way to the brain of the ant to hijack it. And then the infested ant is coerced by the brain worm to climb to the top of a nearby grass blade and clamp down to the top of it so that a nearby cow or deer or other ruminant will inadvertently eat the ant and the parasites and the cycle will continue. <laughs> Isn't that insane? What the heck? <laughs> like, this is the main How reason the- I want to bring this story. Like, the actual... Like, we apparently just knew all this already somehow. Like, that's not even what the research was covering. <laughs> this. We knew about this life what? cycle. Um, but yeah, so, like I said, they get eaten by a ruminant, and then they said these thrice-consumed worms finally reach adulthood inside their last host, move down to the liver, feed, mate, and lay the eggs that restart the cycle again. Um, though they did note that the worm that goes to the brain actually gets sacrificed in the process and doesn't survive into adulthood. So, too bad for the brain worm. Um, and yeah, like the article's like, well, the basic details of the Lancet liver flukes life cycle are known. It's like basic the, in the, what definition? The, the basic details. <laughs> we okay. apparently know this entire cycle. Um, there's much that scientists don't understand about this complicated process. It's like, yeah, yeah, like no, how it came about. I, I, like for why? <laughs> like why would why would they go to this? I don't know. That's such a. Life finds a way. Yeah, say. life finds a way. But it's just like one of those things that you think, like, how did they evolve this specific? This method it has so many like. There's so many variables. Where, yeah, so many places where it could go wrong. Yeah, especially like getting eaten by like, a snail. That's so specific. It has to be eaten by a snail, and then the snail and then like has to be hacks it up by a, basically by an ant. Right after having probably, been eaten by a snail, probably the easy part. Right, like ants. They're, they'll eat anything. But how does it then know how to make the ant go on a grass blade to get into a cow? Like well, that's, that's they don't know. I don't. I don't know if yeah, they know they the know actual it. mechanism for how it like does control the brain. But what this study was doing was like researching how it, how and when it knows to go like up onto grass. Um, yeah. So that's what they're referring to as the zombie switch. Okay. Um, so this is a team of researchers at the University of Copenhagen. A lot of Denmark in this episode. Um, yeah. Their Department of Plant and Environmental Scientists. They studied, or environmental sciences, they studied more than a thousand infected ants in the Bidstrup forests near Rod, Roskilde, Denmark. Again, I'm so sorry. I'm sure I'm butchering all these names. Um, for 13 non-consecutive days over the course of a year, tagging a subset of 172 ants for better observation. It's got to be hard work, like, tracking ants. Yeah. They're famously very small. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The team theorized that several factors might affect the infected ants' behavior, such as humidity and the time of day, but it was temperature that appeared to have the greatest influence. They noted that on relatively cool days, the ants stayed glued to the grass pretty much the entire time. So they were, like, clamped to the top of it almost the whole time. But when it got warm out, the ants crawled back down and seemingly went about their normal business. So, like the worm releases control of the ant if it gets too hot and the ant like instinctively just goes back down. Um, and they theorize that that's because most ruminants like feed when it's cooler in the morning and evening. 
Um, so like somehow they figured out that this is the optimal time for the ant to get eaten in order That's to wild. like pass on to the next generation, um, inside of a, inside of a cow's stomach. That's wild. Um, and yeah, so they said this is, this means the ants were most often controlled by the worms at night and in the morning. Um, and they also noted that this could be because like the full sun might be dangerous for the ant or the parasite that like... The parasites obviously don't want the ant to die. Yeah, I could see and that the too. Like, they could also be in the full sun, be basically. in danger in the sun. So, like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. This is one of those things where it's just like evolution is crazy, and like you just have to remember all of this happened over millions of years, probably. Like yeah. for this, for something this complicated to have happened, just like time plus luck. Yeah. Eventually, like an event, and eventually they figured this out, and like those that, yep, those that lived in the liver got like survived more often. Those that got eaten by a snail survived more. Like, yeah, exactly. The ones that got eaten by a snail survived (laughs) better than the ones that did not get eaten by a snail. Right, which it's it's they get eaten multiple times as part of their reproductive like cycle. It's so bizarre. Um, I just thought this was so fascinating. I've and never heard of this. I, I, I hadn't either. But like, wow, what a crazy life. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole life is inside other animals, but it's like I've I've heard of that, obviously, but like one host, not like Right, not three. three. Not three different <laughs> hosts, one of which you control like a zombie. One of which you control like a zombie. It's wild. Wow. So I hope everyone learned a little something about the Lancet liver fluke. I did. I still think that name sounds It sounds fake. Made up. It sounds I mean, like it's all from a names are fake, book. but that's that's a bigger all question. All names are fake. <laughs> that's another philosophy corner. That's a bigger question. Um, unless it's just Fujade that we think Fujade sound weird. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not cuz it's not repeated, but Fujade does sound made up though. And it, it is. It does. And it is. Because we did. And it is. <laughs> Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to share a story with us about zombie ants or anything else, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.